When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to have you in on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. We have gone from referees and what could have been against Wisconsin to Black Friday and Iowa week to kind of a, uh, a swan song that is not meant to be for Adrian Martinez in 2021 as the Husker signal caller done with an injury. We'll hear from Scott Frost on that. Numbers to get in if you want to chime in. Welcome to do it. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com and uh, find us on Twitter. Give us a follow at Schmidt underscore radio. At Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, that's uh, how you can chime in and participate in the show. And uh, there's been a, a high volume of anti-Adrian crowd with the mistakes and the missteps. There's been a high level of Adrian backers. God love you. We have not been immune from questioning some decision making or wondering about some of the missteps. But to be honest with you, the kid is going to finish this season with nearly uh, 3,400 yards of total offense in 11 games. That's over 300 a contest. That's 27 touchdowns, 14 passing, 13 rushing. This is the number you gripe about. 13 turnovers, 10 picks, 3 fumbles, and uh, it's almost 10 yards a pop. Throwing the ball, almost 6 a carry uh, when it comes to, to running the football. So it is just uh, unfair. It is absolutely unfair. A guy like Adrian Martinez can't go out against Iowa, a team he led back as a true freshman to force overtime, Uh, had to kind of sit and watch and then go in in 19 different moments. 2020, it was a strip sack that ended Nebraska's would-be game-winning drive around midfield. And it sounds like a shoulder issue that Scott Frost said is going to have to get worked on. And if it's a shoulder issue that requires surgery, and you know Adrian came in with a labrum issue that made him miss his senior year of high school, uh, that is just devastating for him because you've had a knee, you've had a jaw, you've had a left shoulder, you've had potentially a right shoulder, and he has still gone to bat gone up to his head coach, never made excuses, and not missed a start through this season. Hell, uh, if you don't get or like what you see from Logan Smothers or Heinrich Harburg, 
A, that's okay, they're young. B, let's see if Adrian can throw left-handed. I kid. I absolutely kid. But back in the day, Darian Hagan was ambidextrous, and I wouldn't have put it past Bill McCartney to throw him out there if he only had one good arm. Uh, In all seriousness, though, man, this just hurts. Uh, What hurts even more is think about the second half and the rhythm Adrian got in against that defense and almost pulled off a win. Think about Adrian with a jack shoulder going in and getting the tying touchdown at 28 apiece uh, on that quarterback power uh, in the uh, fourth quarter. And then uh, think about not getting a defensive pass interference call to prolong a drive and give Adrian a chance to force uh, a go-for-two moment. Uh, We gave you the numbers to get in. So if this is it for Adrian, and I think it is. I think it is for Adrian. I think he walks on Friday, and I hope you as a Nebraska fan, I never, ever, ever tell you what to do as a fan. It's your right. It's your voice. But I hope if you're in the stadium on Black Friday at 12-20, 12-15, 12-10 for kickoff, and you watch this group of seniors that sold out and gave their all, I hope you're on your feet. I hope you're applauding. I hope it's a moment for the JoJo Domans, the Ben Stillies, the, De- De- the Deontay Williamses, the uh, uh, Markel Dismukes of the world, the Adrian Martinez's. I hope it's as loud a standing ovation, and I hope it's a memory they take with them the rest of their life, similar to the ultimate tunnel, uh, tunnel walk senior day moment ever. Uh, and it was even pre-tunnel walk, the silent applause for Kenny Walker against Colorado November 3rd, 1990, uh, where you know Kenny Walker hearing impaired, and the uh, all 76,000 at the time, you put your arms, uh, your hands up. You put your thumbs out, and you shook your hands, uh, and that was uh, that's how you applaud uh, to hearing impaired. That's how you do it in sign language. So, long and short, man, you got to be loud and proud for these guys that are suiting up, and some that are not suiting up. And Elijah, I don't know about you, but I wanted to see Adrian, whether it would have been his last game or not. I wanted I wanted one more rodeo from him just because it's Nebraska and Iowa, just because it's one more chance to see greatness, insane athletic ability, and um, that that riddle that has been Adrian. And if it is his final hurrah, what could have been against Wisconsin at the goal line? Yeah, you, you want to send Adrian out with a win. For the four years of Adrian, for the, the ups and downs that he's faced in his Husker career, uh, though the, the winning record hasn't been what you wanted it to be, he still gave his all for this program. He laid it on the line every single week. He was playing through injuries. He carried himself with dignity and respect and class and maturity. And, and everything he did here at Nebraska, uh, whether or not the, uh, the on-the-field performance was there from the team as a whole adrian brought it every single time and i think you wanted to see him go out with a win on senior day if this is the last season for adrian i think you wanted uh that moment in memorial stadium where adrian martinez could kind of have his moment of being like it was after four years it wasn't all what he wanted it wasn't what we wanted as husker fans but you wanted to send him off the right way and uh, it's an unfortunate way if this is how his nebraska career ends it'd be an unfortunate way for him to be coming out of the locker room on senior day without the pads on not suited up uh, just uh, and it, just, it, it feels like it's, it's going. It's not going to look right. Yeah, it feels like it's uh, 
you're going out with a whimper instead of going out with a, with a roar. And that, that's not what it is, but that's almost what, what the optics feel like. Well, this is the reality, too. Knowing Adrian, he's probably going to say, hey, Logan, let me borrow your jersey. <laughs> hey, Rook, go uh, go get uh, go get me some water. I'm kidding, of course. But uh, here is Scott Frost, uh, the announcement from Frost, and he doesn't do this unless it's season ending. This is season ending. No more number two. Yeah, you guys know I don't really talk about injuries unless it's season ending. We have one game left. Uh, Adrian won't be available. He has a, a shoulder injury that he's going to have to get addressed after the season. Happened in the first half. Saturday. He's such a tough kid. I, I didn't expect him to play in the second half, and he came up to me right right before the second half kickoff and said he wanted to go. Played well, played tough. Feel terrible for him, but appreciate him, and uh, we're going to have to be without him Friday. More from Scott Frost. Future. Uh, Adrian's future, and they'll have a talk. Here, here's. Let me just throw my two cents out on this. If you're Adrian Martinez, and if it, God forbid, is, and I don't know, I don't know. I'm not his doctor, nor do I play one on the radio. But if it is that same shoulder that he hurt in high school, if it is a second labrum issue, all right, does that end his career? I don't know. But it, it, it's not that he wouldn't try or couldn't come back, but it's just going to take more steam off your throw, right? And... Is there a program that would take Adrian Martinez with a second bad right shoulder or a second injury to said right shoulder, and could he go to a program and win that job? Or is his best shot coming back another year at Nebraska because of knowing the system, a chance to rehab here and go win a job, even if they go transfer portal or Smothers delivers a win? On Friday, or Harburg comes in and plays hero like he did in the spring game. I mean, I'm just throwing out options. And you're also forgetting here, I don't think it's the most likely of options, but it's a pretty weak quarterback class in the NFL for the NFL draft. If anyone looks into that, it's not the strongest class you've ever seen. There's still going to be quarterbacks that are going off the board at the top of the first round because they always do. But deeper down the board, it is not the uh, the strongest quarterback draft class. So I also wonder, uh, with all these injuries he's been accumulating in college, if he just says, you know what? Uh, instead of trying it another year somewhere else, let's just go while I still have time on my body. Let's go try to, to make it in the NFL, trust myself. I, I wouldn't be uh, incredibly shocked if I saw that. I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he needs another year of tape to, to show NFL teams. But when, when I look at the mistakes he made this year, uh, for the most part, I, I don't think he was the, the sole root cause of, of the, sure. the issues. I mean, look at both the interceptions on Saturday. One was Oliver Martin not selling out, trying to help out his quarterback and catch a pass. And on the other one, his arm was hit on the way through and it led to a, a lame duck type pass. So uh, I don't think he had the, the, the talent around him to show his true ability during uh, his time at Nebraska. And maybe he says, you know what, before I accumulate any more injuries, before I pick up, God forbid, a career ending injury in a, in a final season of eligibility in college, let's just go give it a shot in the NFL. I hope this isn't one of those. All right, I hope it's not career-ending with, yeah. with the same shoulder. But anytime your, your shoulder clicks when you throw it and you still want to go in, that's the other thing. There can be some backlash. Why the hell is Scott playing a guy with a, with a, with a jacked right shoulder? Why is Scott playing with a guy with a, with a, with a jaw? Listen, this team uh, is, is being led by performance and by example by the Adrians of the, of the locker room. Right. 
Adrian's looked up to in the locker room. He's respected in the locker room. How you earn that respect is through performance and toughness. And the performance has been there from a stat standpoint a lot of times, not from the win-loss standpoint, but he's given his teammates know they've been in most games because of him. And his teammates also are forgiving knowing that, hey, he's not perfect either. There's some games that, you know what, there was a couple of bad calls on his part where he forced it or tried to do too much, and there's your turnover. So there's give and take, but I think there's mad respect for him. There should be. And uh, with Adrian, uh, it's really got to be up to him with his future, where he wants to go, what he wants to do. I just hope he can recover and, and give Ball some more opportunity. Back to Frost on that future. You know, I, I talked to him after this, and I think he needs a little time and, and space from, you know, this has been a challenging year. Uh, we made a lot of progress. He's played really well most of the entire year. Team's played well most entire year. We haven't got the results we wanted. I think we can talk about all those things after Iowa. We need to be focused on Iowa right now. We'll check in with Greg Smith in seven minutes. Coming up, uh, Casey Rogers has had a fantastic season at defensive tackle for Nebraska. Old number 98 going to join us in 20 minutes. And then in hour two, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. And uh, Coach will be with us at 5.05. His take on Wisconsin, his thoughts on Iowa, his take on Adrian's career, if it is indeed it for him in Lincoln. And then Jay Moore, uh, some thoughts from uh, Blackshirt Jay. This is Frost specifically when the injury went down. He was rolling right and 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 threw one and kind of got hit as he was throwing and it wasn't much of anything at all. I think he just braced his hands out to kind of catch himself and, and we didn't know the severity of it at halftime uh, until we got back and examined everything. I think he had told us he had some clicking in his shoulder and didn't know if he could throw with the same velocity that he usually threw with. Like I said, I didn't expect him to play in the second half and, and he came up to me and said he wanted to go and I said, I'm going to let you play if, if you feel good enough and uh, he gutted it out. So what does a game plan look like with the new quarterbacks? Have you seen enough of Smothers to have some hope for Friday? And as soon as this information came out by Scott Frost, Nebraska and the the friends in Vegas, Nebraska was favored by minus four. That number dropped a little bit, but now it's completely flipped to about a point and a half or so in favor of Iowa. So Adrian's worth just a little shy of a touchdown when we talk about Vegas odds and point spreads. Okay, so th- that's big. That's really big. But Harburg, uh, I'm intrigued by, and I think there could be some packages for him. I'm okay with seeing what these two can do. And if the line's still only, I mean, I don't think this thing climbs up to 12 or 10 or 8. I think it's going to be at worst maybe three and a half the other way for Iowa. Could maybe climb up to maybe a touchdown. But I'm anxious to see Smothers. I'm anxious to see what Scott Frost does in and what he does from a game plan standpoint to put his quarterback, a tough kid, a coach's kid, a good mobile threat uh, in position. And I've seen a guy not nervous, no knee knocking, no fumbled snaps, none of that. Uh, in 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 mop up duty against Fordham, but specifically in sudden change moments like Michigan State, 
I think they can run him. I think he knows how to get hit. I think he knows how to take a hit. I think you can see some more option. And I think you can jack with some play action. And I think you can get Iowa uh, as good as their back seven is. I think you can get Iowa on some play action uh, off of even maybe some option. I think you can see a lot of option on Black Friday by Logan Smothers. And I think Harburg's, I think he's a he's a he's a beast. I think he can be really, really good. It's just really new for him. Smothers been here a while. And maybe it's something that they don't see or haven't been confident in with him throwing the ball in practice. But guess what? He isn't gonna waver with making a decision. I think that's a strength to his Elijah is is his ability to to make a decision and go with it. They can put enough together in the passing attack, like you just saw against Wisconsin, rolling the pocket, finding Austin Allen one more time. Yeah, and, and before we get out of here this segment, I just want to mention, uh, I did say in the post-game show Saturday that... Uh, you thought he was done with I the shoulder. Th- I thought he was done with the shoulder, and, and you doubted me, Chris, but... Well, uh, let me Elijah say... Elijah Herbal Husker insider here. No, th- there we go. <laughs> I just... If you got a, a, a clicking shoulder... Yeah. We, we didn't know the severity then. Yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't have been playing, or it's surprising you were playing. Greg Smith next. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Casey Rogers going to join us here in 15 minutes. Black shirt to defensive lineman. Jay Moore next hour. Mr. Black shirt Charlie McBride on the way. Greg Smith with us. Recruiting insider, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Greg, uh, did you think Adrian was playing as hurt as he was in the second half? Uh, no, I didn't I didn't think it was that bad to where he didn't. Um, he would end up, you know, being ruled out on Monday for the next game. Um, I thought, you know, he was dinged up, but we've seen him play through so many things um, that I didn't think it would rise to the level of him being ruled out for the Iowa game. No, I, I thought that was pretty surprising. It was, and if it's the same shoulder and the same issue that made him miss his senior year of high school, that's tough to take um, if you're a quarterback. And and we'll see, uh, you know, where things land with his future. What do you know about Smothers? What do you know? What can you tell me about Logan? You have uh, gone in-depth with Logan. You've covered him during recruiting. You uh, know the family. And what is his upside? What are his talents and traits with this opportunity on Friday? 
Yeah, I think that first of all, he's, I think he's going to be a guy that that's really ready for this moment. It's been a couple of years now that he's been on campus, kind of waiting, you know, for his time. Remember, he was also committed to Scott Frost and this team for a couple of years. He was actually committed before Luke McCaffrey was um, in the kind of the order of how that all went. Um, so he's been waiting for a long time to be the starting quarterback at Nebraska. Gets the shot um, in an unfortunate circumstance here, uh, but the shot is here. Um, I think you're going to look for a kid that gets the ball out quickly. He does have an accurate arm, not the strongest arm in the world, but it is accurate. Um, and he's really good at running the football. Like We've seen that in the little spurts that he's been able to play this season. Um, he's been able to get upfield and make a couple of plays with his legs. Um, it's a tall task against this Iowa passing defense um, and that front seven that they have for that matter, uh, but he'll be ready to go on uh, Friday. Greg, in, in some of the film you've seen on him and just some glimpses we've gotten here, you know, he kind of reminds me of and when I say Eric Crouch, I, I want that bold in bold and underlined. I'm not saying he's Eric Crouch. <laughs> Please no. Let's let's hear what I'm saying. What I am saying about his comparison to Crouch, Crouch is a guy that took a lot of shots, delivered a lot of shots, but he's a he's a running quarterback, a mobile quarterback that knew how to to save his body from that knockout shot. Do you feel or see that with Logan based on what you've seen from him, you know, back in high school, Carrie, and I remember seeing a pic you tweeted out of dudes in the hospital after a championship game. So the guy's iron tough, clearly, but is he a guy that is going to be able to, to, to take some punishment if Nebraska is going to lean on his legs, which is the strength? Yeah, that is going to be the huge question, um, not just for this game, but also I think for his future at Nebraska, right? I think it's to be for him to be as effective as Nebraska would need him to be in to maximize his potential, they're going to have to utilize his rushing skills. Um, and if they're going to do that, because he's not the me, he's not the biggest guy in the world, he is going to have to learn how to dodge those huge hits. Um, he's done it so far. Like he's taken a couple of big hits just in the time that he's been in, but obviously popped back up. Um, that's and if, if going into to the offseason, I feel like that would end up being a huge point of emphasis um, as we're talking about kind of him being in either a battle next year with Harburg, a transfer guy, whoever. Um, I think that'll be a huge talking point of whether or not he can avoid those big hits. We'll have a little more data after this weekend. Greg, uh, a thought with just the game plan here uh, against Iowa. Uh, Elijah and I were touching on that, just figuring out what you do next if, if you're Coach Frost here and uh, I'm not sure, A, what you got at running back, although I liked uh, Scott. I thought Scott got lathered up in the fourth quarter. Your offensive line's been problematic uh, with tackle play, but that's not saying they can't get better. It's just what they are right now. So what do you do? What What's the game plan here? Is it similar to Wisconsin? Do you just kind of let it fly? Man, that's tough because at the difference with Wisconsin um, and Iowa is pretty significant when it comes to pass defense. I thought that that was the way that you could kind of get Wisconsin as much as you're going to get them, right? Knowing how good their defense was, that was the weaker point with the pass defense. But it's flipped with Iowa, where Iowa's pass defense is their strong suit. I think you're going to have to throw, if it's me calling the shots, you throw caution to the wind a little bit and lean on more of that option game. Um, and we're throwing 
caution of the wind because you're opening up to more hits in that case. Um, but Harburg will just have to be ready just in case. I think the best shot in that case would be to lean on some others running that option with some of the that little orbit plays, the wide receivers getting in, in the action, and then having Scott and Step kind of carrying the load from the backfield as well. I think that's the best way about it. But still, you're going to have to have the offensive line take steps forward for any of that to be able to work. Yeah, yeah, the run game is going to be really key on Friday, in my opinion, Greg, especially with the young quarterback in there. So do we know the status of Ramir Johnson moving forward? I know Scott likes to say when guys are out for the season, and we haven't heard that yet about Ramir, but we also haven't heard that he's going to be healthy for Friday, have we? One more time, Elijah's. I have no idea what the issues are with this mic in here today, but Greg, do you have me? Greg just didn't want to hear you. I have... <laughs> call him back. Yeah, your 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 guess is as good as mine with this mic in here today. Well, I think he he got dropped. So yeah. Just for the record, on the uh, soon to be podcast for Monday's show, we did not hang up on Greg Smith. So there's that. And we're getting Greg Smith, Recruiting Insider, back on the show. You can follow him on Twitter at GregSmithHV. Uh, we're going to reset this for the world to hear. So, Greg, that was not us. I don't know what happened there. No, that's no, it's, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Elijah, proceed, my friend. Greg, do you have me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, okay. Now, now, uh, now we're good. But, Greg, I was just asking about the, the run game on Friday. Uh, specifically with Ramir Johnson. Usually Scott Frost will indicate when somebody's out for the year, and we haven't heard that yet with Ramir, but we also haven't heard that he's going to be uh, ready to go for Friday. Do, do you have a read on what his status is going to be for the game on Friday? Yeah, based on what how Frost kind of said what he said today, I would not expect to see Ramir Johnson. I don't know anything kind of beyond that at this point, but I would expect to not see him um, and then them continue to go with the group that they had for this last game, which I thought there were some encouraging things, to be honest. Um, from both Steph and uh, Marvin Scott. Um, and so we'll see kind of how that plays out. But I think with the way that things have been going with Ramirez, and he's been running so tough and hard um, that you hate to see him kind of in his season on an injury note as well. Greg, I want to get into the quarterback development. Nebraska is going to have a new quarterback slash offensive coordinator coach at some point. We both like Super Mario. There's been a lot of shade thrown at, at development beyond uh beyond Adrian so what's your read on things with that do you think do you think both the the backups are ready that's not saying they go win but do you think they're whether Harburg gets five snaps or 50 snaps or Smothers goes all four quarters do you think the development has been there or do you think the development can be improved by the next hire I, you know, I, the the weird thing is, is we just honestly don't know. Like, and, and I kind of, because of the way you kind of even said that with, you know, we don't, beyond Adrian, we don't know about the development. But if you think about it, Adrian has taken, like, far and away the majority of the snaps, right? He's been a four-year starter and been, you know, kind of prolific, um, as we saw with the record that he broke over the weekend, right? And then the two quarterbacks that have taken real, like, have started games here during Adrian's time here are no longer here, in part um, because Adrian has remained the starter and was always kind of going to be that guy. So we don't know um, is really the answer there. And we'll get our first kind of answer on that on Friday. Um, But I I was kind of jazzed up to see how these guys end up going out there and performing. I know Frost left the door open for Harbor 
for her to get some snaps too. We'll see if that was gamesmanship or if they plan on doing some, some tricky stuff with two quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll start to find out the answer to that this Friday, and that, that's kind of a big opportunity for Logan's mother. Greg, with recruiting, uh, kind of give us your gauge in communication with some of the kids for the 2022 uh, class. Where where are things at despite changes on the offensive side? It doesn't feel, feel or sound like Nebraska's lost anybody, but how are, how are things progressing with this class here as December 15th uh, looms? Yeah, definitely. It will be here before we know it, right? Um, I think Nebraska's in good shape with their 2022 commits. Um, I don't think that you're in any real danger um, with anyone on the offensive side or the defensive side. I say I don't want to make it sound like somebody on the defensive side, but we talk specifically offensively because of the changes, um, except for maybe Victor Jones Jr. That would be the only guy to keep an eye on. And really the primary reason is not because he hasn't been rock solid to Nebraska since he committed back in April. He has, but he's been the guy that's had the most teams after him, even after his commitment, because he had a really good season down in Florida. Um, and then we'll kind of see, like, one of the huge questions here, and Nebraska's going to have to figure it out quickly, is what's happening with the rest of the 2022 class. Um, I don't think there's going to be many more high school players added. We're going to shift all of the attention, essentially, to JUCO and transfer portal. That can be kind of iffy. Um, we'll see what happens with new assistant hires. Like, there's a lot in the air um, and to go on here over the next couple of weeks with recruiting. What is behind Nebraska's current tackles? And uh, just from a system standpoint, what do you anticipate here? Do you got a you got a guess on which way the offense could move? Boy, that's tough. And I, I don't think that the, here's the thing. I don't think that the offense is going to change a ton, like in a big way. And I think this is kind of related, though, to your offensive line question, which is I think that you could have tweaks on the offensive line, whether that's body type of, of what type of players um, the new offensive line coach is looking for, um, what he can develop and what he can get out of some of the guys that are behind um, tackles that Nebraska has. You know, we saw Brock Bando get into the game on Saturday. Um, you know, the Brant Banks has been working out at tackle you know teddy obviously who was injured um will be back in the mix hopefully for nebraska next year like there's a lot to work with there but what can the new offensive line coach get out of that group and what is he looking for when it comes to the lineman that he likes um is going to be huge too because they're just i think there's 15 16 guys on the offensive line room on scholarship uh there's a lot to pick from you just got to see what you can get out of any visits or folks uh, making their way here for black friday about 40 seconds so there, I, there will be visitors. I know that, like Richard Torres is coming up um, for an unofficial visit, um, and he, he's excited to do that. There will be a couple other guys. Denzel Moore is a 2023 um, Georgia kid, uh, an inside linebacker that really likes Nebraska. He'll be here. And I'm still kind of sorting out if they're going to have any official visitors, uh, but I think it's it's going to shape up to be a pretty decent weekend for him. Greg Smith, Greg, we will see you on Black Friday, bud. Enjoy the turkey. Uh, I'm excited for you to tweet out pictures of of your your turkey and all the fixings, man. Oh, I will definitely do that, man. You guys have a happy Thanksgiving. You too, bud. Happy Thanksgiving to, to Greg Smith, recruiting insider. HailVarsity.com and magazine. Good stuff on well, what Nebraska does next at quarterback, what they get. Uh, defensive line play has been strong. Casey Rogers been anchoring that. He's next on Hail Varsity. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. 
We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. A few minutes here, Casey Rogers with us here, Hail Varsity Radio. So uh, we're going to get to football in a minute, but sports uh, media major, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, in my senior year of uh, my sports media and communications major, uh, a couple more months until I'll have that degree and I'll be uh, out in the sports media world being a journalist. You're smiling about that a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm excited. It's Sports is something I've always loved. It's something I, I, I like to keep track of. And um, it's it's something that I, I can say I can go to work and enjoy doing, you know. So it's uh, I look forward to that. Yeah, my wife doesn't think I work. Like ever, but uh, she's a nurse, so I, I, I kind of bow to that. But Casey, let's talk a little bit about um, Saturday, Wisconsin. Man, I thought the the defensive line had great push. I thought there was great penetration. I thought the D line really held up well against that offensive line. As, as you kind of put Saturday behind, how did you feel like you played and, and the rest of your group up front? Yeah, I'll start with uh, with the group. I think we did do a really good job. Uh, I think the plays they got were were little mistakes that could have been easily fixed or or avoided. Uh, it was more of a missed tackling that really screwed us. Um, it was, you know, like I said, little things. I, I don't think that it was. Yeah, like you said, it wasn't. It wasn't like they were getting pushed on us and, and blowing us off the ball. It was. Uh, it was a good battle up front, to say the least. Uh, personally, I think I played pretty well. A um, couple of plays I'd like to have back here and there, but you know, I can't think like that. So uh, uh, I'm excited, and I'm going to take that game and you know carry it over the next game, and uh, you know top what I did that last week and, and do better this week. Tell me about your journey this year with uh, injury recovery, and then more and more time. You're getting more and more snaps, and obviously it's a luxury to have the depth you guys have, but also you want to be in there on some key downs. How's uh, how's this year progressed for you? Yeah, obviously it started out pretty rough. Uh, an injury two weeks before the, our first game. Uh, I had to really focus on, you know, getting myself back and uh, not missing too much of the season, uh, but also coming back at the right time for me. I didn't want to push myself too much, you know, to risk more of an injury. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a it was a process. You know, I worked a lot with the trainers. Had to, had to stay involved with uh, schemes and stuff like that because uh, as soon as I was cleared, I didn't know when I was going to be put on the field. Uh, I, I approached every game like I was starting, as I still do now. Uh, but I just really had to focus on, you know, the main thing is the main thing. I had to get myself back, get myself ready, and uh, make sure that when I'm out there, I can produce and, uh, and be consistent. And, and uh, that was kind of the tough part at first. Was you know, right when I got back, it was, it was, uh, it was a little frustrating because you know I was rusty and you know, it was just I wasn't playing like I was before I got hurt, which was understandable. Uh, but as time went on, I got more and more comfortable with my leg, using my leg, and uh, got more used to wearing that brace. And, and now I feel back to full strength and, and back to where I was before I got hurt. And I just got to keep going with that. You know, there's one game left to, to show what I really have, and uh, I'm excited to be able to have that opportunity and go out there and put it all on the table. Interested to get your take mentally. Was there some trepidation about 
about trusting that leg versus the physical recovery? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, when I first got back, it was a lot of subconscious things I, I wasn't even aware of. Uh, and, I, and the only reason why I was able to see that what I was doing was because of watching film. Like, uh, for example, I, w- I would take on a double team and I wouldn't even put my leg on the ground. And it would, I didn't know I was doing that, but it was just my body's way of trying to protect myself when I didn't even need to do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, and the only way to really get out of that is to just get more and more reps and, you know, make yourself more and more comfortable on it. Uh, but yeah, no, mentally it's really frustrating because I mean I was having a really good fall camp. Uh, I was pushing for that starting spot, and then and then I get hurt, and then I come back and I'm not playing the same. So that's automatically going to be really frustrating for anyone uh, to have that you know deficit in, in playing your playing ability. Uh, but just like any injury, you got to overcome it. You got to you know men- it's it's just as much of a mental battle as physical. And, uh, you know, you just got to, you know, keep pushing and keep getting those reps in and, and trust that, you know, you don't come back as strong as you were before you got hurt. You know, uh, Iowa is at the end of the, the slate here and uh, a tough season. But what do you uh, think of this defense? What's it like to have been a part of a defense like this that really uh, was pretty special uh, around Lincoln? Yeah, I mean, I I love I love playing with these guys. These guys are, are my family. and uh, I'm blessed to go out every game and, and practice and be able to play alongside all these guys. Uh, it's it's you know it's it's going to be tough losing a lot of these guys next year, but uh, I'm really excited for the guys we have coming up and, and the guys who are staying. But uh, but yeah, no, this has been a special year defensively, and it's really unfortunate that we really weren't able to. You know, the record didn't really show that uh, because a lot of times you know, defenses like this will be forgotten because of the record. Uh, but within the program, this defense will not be forgotten. Uh, we know these guys were you know, some of the best players ever stepped foot here, and uh, unfortunately that's not going to be shown. But, uh, but yeah, it was a blessing to be able to play on, on, the, on the line with, the, with, the, with Stilly and Damien, all those guys. I mean, those guys have decisions to make too, but, uh, but uh, even in the back end with a, with a lot of the DBs and linebackers, this was a really special group. Who are you closest with? I mean, who'd you come in with and who have you been able to kind of bond with uh, and then, you know, partner with uh, on that line of scrimmage? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I would say that I came in and I'm close with Tate Wilderman. Uh, he was in my recruiting class. Uh, both of us were D linemen when we first got here and we kind of, we lived together too. So uh, we naturally kind of bonded at first. Uh, but right now I'd say, you know, the, the thing is about the D-line room and what's so special about it is that we're all really close. Um, you can name any of the guys, and I'd go to bat. I'll, I'll jump in front of a train for a lot of those guys, Mo- all of them, to be honest. Uh, I think D- Damien and I have a special bond. Uh, one, because, you know, I lived with his brother. I know his family pretty well, and, uh, you know, I get, I get a lot of what he, what he thinks, and, and uh, we just have that connection. And, uh, and then Staley and I, you know, we, he's been here the whole time I've been here. He's kind of the last one. That's like that. So, you know, I've always looked up to Stilly. And, uh, you know, he's kind of helped me get to where I needed to be, too. And, uh, you know, that'll be really sad when, when he's not here next year. Uh, but, you know, I think he's done a really good job of helping me and Ty develop. And, and, and we'll be able to take those ropes next year uh, as being the older guys and the, and the vets on the D-line. And it, but, but like I said earlier, there's, there's not a guy in that room that I want to take a bullet for. And uh, there's not a guy in that room I wouldn't sit down and watch football with any day of the week. And uh, we're all really good. We're a family. That's, that's what it is. is we're, we're a family. And, and Coach T has done a great job of, of establishing that culture and that type of environment in that room. Uh, we love everyone in that room, so it's, it's a great time. 
Last thought, and, you know, Casey Rogers with us, uh, going to be one of the leaders uh, for Nebraska on the defensive line in the future and really great uh, overcoming injury this year, and, and he's made a, a lot of splash plays. Casey, a, a take on Iowa and Coach Chen and his background with Iowa. Uh, what would a win do for this team as you guys head off into uh, to the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a win here would do would do a lot. It would, uh, you know, it would set next year. It would set, you know, it would already start next year on a good note. You know, coming off a win, especially versus Iowa, our rival. Uh, Coach Janander being from there, I think that's obviously a special game for him. He, uh, being an alumni, but he wants to take them down too. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, it would send up. And another thing, it would send the the guys who've been here through it all. Um, the, all the whole chain with, with Coach Frost and Coach Riley, uh, it would send those guys out on a high note, being not being in Iowa and getting that trophy back. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it would just it would do a lot of really good things, you know. And and we, we it's a trophy game, so you know, being able to bring that hardware back to Memorial Stadium is, is something that we talk about all the time. It's a it's the biggest game of the year right now, and uh, we're excited to be able to play it. Casey, good to spend time with you. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride coming up here at 5.05. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. On a Monday, more thoughts on no Adrian for Black Friday. What does Nebraska get out of the quarterback room? And about everybody else. Numbers to get in, 466-3776, 466 Thirty-seven seventy-six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Coach McBride coming up. Jay Moore in a little less than an hour. Many thanks to Casey Rogers, and good hearing his story about uh, able to battle back from injury. Elijah, that dude's just played well. He's not gotten the most snaps, but man, he's been effective with his snaps, getting penetration, making tackles. He's good for a big tackle at ball game. Uh, it seems like either early when it's his rotation time, and we don't know what 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 D Boogie's going to do if he'll take off to the NFL. We don't know what what, what uh, Thomas may do because he's been giving really nice snaps as well. We know still he's gone, so you got Polar Bear that came in for a handful of plays and did well on that fourth and two, and then you've got uh, Ty Robinson. But if you got Robinson and Rogers together. Uh, and and that's it, uh, along with Polar Bear mixing in there. It could work, but you've got a slew of guys to pick from this year that really paid off. And I, I think what Casey does best is something that we've talked about in this development of the Nebraska defense. That's having a fresh guy who can come in and do your job. So it, it's so important to have a guy that, you know, after uh, the offense has picked up two first downs and now it's second down and six or third down and three, you got a guy that can come in and give you uh, quality uh plays mm-hmm. uh coming in fresh off the bench like uh, if, if your starter needs a rest you have another guy who can step up and come fill the void and sometimes just being fresh against a, an offense line that's tired can be super valuable and he shows that so we'll see uh, how he would do in a starting role if he does decide to come i back. love how low he gets yeah. and i like how he fights off blocks and i really uh, appreciate his quickness because mm-hmm. i think that's what he possesses and you heard him talk a little bit here about just trying to train in yourself just your mind because he he was on one leg trying to take a double team on, <laughs> right? Because he was worried about that leg. But, man, it's good to see him back. And I know probably about the fourth, fifth game of the season, he was more 
of himself. Reminder about buckling up, there's over 1,500 crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver. Driving drunk, buzzed or high, never acceptable. Law enforcement officers working every day to stop it before more people are killed or injured. If you're going to drive, don't drink. If you do drink, designate that sober driver and get a ride share. A DUI costs more than you think. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We are on the road. I know it's a holiday week, but want to see you down at the single barrel to get the uh, Thanksgiving holiday kicked off. We're there Wednesday, 4 to 6, a road show Wednesday before Turkey Day. So bring your crew, bring your friends, and uh, even family. Hey, they're invited. Maybe father-in-law needs a drink or maybe wants a giant steak. Maybe that will improve your standing. Uh, A little uh, preemptive strike, so to speak, before Christmas and the holiday season. Take uh, take him on down to the single barrel. We're there four to six, and then Black Friday, it is on. You're going to need a drink to get through Black Friday. Whether uh, it's, it's Black Friday spending, it's Nebraska, Iowa. Whether it's that the politics that came to the kitchen table on uh, on, on, on Thursday, <laughs> or at the bar, the bar, the bar, 16th and P. Seth and Gregor's were there nine to eleven in the morning. Real red reaction following Nebraska, Iowa. Hour two next. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, as we'll check in with Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, Monday with Charlie. Coming up, and uh, we'll say hi to Jay Moore here, too, before the show is done. We'll weigh in on Bud Crawford's incredible title defense. Uh, just a great fight. We got to watch on Saturday night a, a fight that happened in Madison that almost went to... Well, two-point conversion land, but was not to be Nebraska-Wisconsin. We bring in the legendary defensive coach, Hall of Famer, Charlie McBride. Coach, uh, so did you have cake or ice cream or both for the uh, your, your 59th birthday the other day? Well, my, my wife bought me a, a cake, and... Um, but she only put four candles on it trying to make me feel better. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, that's how old I, I felt a little older than that no i i get it well we're, we're happy you had a great birthday i nebraska tried to, to get you a win against your former yeah. team wisconsin let's start there what did you think of nebraska wisconsin 
Uh, I want to kind of get your take on the defense and tackling to, to get us going. <laughs> well, I, overall, you know, it was a, it was a uh, interesting game because every time they scored, we scored. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of up and and it was you know it got to be the same old thing at the end: throw a balloon up there, and then a bad call, and then a holding penalty, and all kinds of stuff was thrown in for color. You know, and it just turned into a, a mess. And of course, the kid that that played for them, the, the young kid, he's what 17 years old. Mm-hmm. He really was, uh, you know, really outclassed everybody. And I think on the field that day, you know, he really is something. And I'm sure that he won't last long. He'll be there with the two years he can be there, and then I'm sure you'll see him at what 20 years old mm-hmm. in the NFL. But uh, you know, it, I, I was I was happy the way the effort. You know, the effort's always been there, and that's the to me. You know, that's the. I you know I look at all the other things. There's a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of, you know, uh, problems with young linemen and and things like that. But uh, you know, and the tackling, like you said, was. Um, I I was wondering if they were teaching them to click their heels together or what. What was the program? <laughs> what, but and it was, you know, frustrating. You know, some of the uh, tackling. But you got to understand, they, you know, sometimes it, uh, the credit goes to the guy running with the football. Well, I think you nailed it. I think Allen's going to be that special a back, and you'll have to ask Paul. And I, I think he's a Wisconsin kid. Allen's just that talented. Right. And, and act. Yeah, and and they didn't know if they wanted him at linebacker or safety, and they're like, well, with your feet, let's have you carry the football, <laughs> and he's 6'2", 240, and he's got jet fuel, man. But uh, I'm interested, Coach, to get your thought on uh, the the penalties here, specifically the holding and the offensive wow. line play and – just why guys stop moving their feet on on the edge on the offensive line, and then also the interference in your career. There's been a lot of calls that didn't go Nebraska's way. That was pretty bad at the goal line to end the ball game. Yeah, that I mean that was, I mean that was really I hate to say it that was really uncalled for. And and mm-hmm. if some other official didn't step in on that one, there's something screwy. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just not screwy, but it's just an idea. Well, I'm not going to change the, you know, the outcome of the mm-hmm. game. And they get, they give you that stuff. Well, we're going to let them play now. Well, then they changed their whole philosophy of how they were calling stuff before. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the holding going on was uh, atrocious. I mean, you know, I could, you could see it a mile away. And we've had games like that when we were, we had one official who I swear I, I swear that it, I, I, all the years I was there, he was there. He coached, He did basketball too. He never put a. I don't know if he took a flag to the game, but <laughs> I mean, Holden was not one of his calls, and he's you know he's standing right there behind the linebackers and you know looking right at the center and all this kind of stuff, and never never did call a holding call. And uh, you know I even confronted him on it as time went on. And, he just doesn't pay any attention to that. He's not going to. He's not going to throw a flag. How did that conversation go? I'm sure you were you were pleasant and gentle, weren't you? No. 
<laughs> I, I'm sure you were roaring. I'm, I'm, I'm being sarcastic well, with it. But. Well, I, 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 we played Washington, and I got 19, 19 hands to the face by Washington. And I mean, to talk about guys getting their necks broken, I thought we were going to have one of those. Mm-hmm. So I took them all, put them on film, sent them to the head of officials, and asked him, I said, I don't want it. I just want a, a, a statement from you. All I want you to do is tell me what you saw. And I never got a response. Charlie, I have my own perspective here. I, I umpire some baseball around town, and I have my own perspective on if uh, it's going to change my calls whenever uh, uh, a coach comes and gets up in my face and uh, airs his grievances with me, if you will. But do you think that getting up in, uh, into a ref's face and saying you're missing calls and airing your grievances, do you think that that'll help you get calls or will it, will it hurt you down the road? Uh, probably going to hurt you down the road as an official. I mean, you know, anytime an official just we used to have a thing in the in the in the big eight where we the coaches at the end of the year went with the um, officials to a meeting, and actually the officials were let know, known the, the penalties mm-hmm. uh, that they blew in front of the coaches. I mean, you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, they don't have it. And uh, the reason I know that is because Tom couldn't go and he sent me down to one of them. And I was a, I was kind of taken back a little bit by it because they were getting chewed out and they were, you know, there was some, there was some, uh, you know, some stuff going back and forth. And, of course, we just sat there, you know, and, and took it all in. But most of the coaches knew what the calls were and they they had the they actually had a, a recording of the top 10 bad calls and our one of the calls in our game was number 1 <laughs> so, wow you know it was uh it, it was an interesting thing and i don't think they do that anymore i don't think they want to put their <laughs> put it on out. pay-per-view man <laughs> <laughs> put it on pay-per-view charlie mcbride's with us mr black shirt on monday with charlie Coach Adrian Martinez hurt his shoulder, played the entire second half with a hurt shoulder, played well enough to win. A couple of interceptions were in there, but, man, he, he was a warrior. If this is the last we saw of Adrian in Madison, what do you think of his career? Well, he had he did have a good career. I mean, it, it, you know, you just wonder how much, how many other times he was hurt. You don't know, and. You know, most kids like him just keep their mouth shut and just play if they can. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just the way things are. And uh, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to tell the coach or you don't want to tell the trainer because they, you know, the trainers are more protective than anybody. I mean, and I because I I really, you know, believed in them because it it helped a lot of kids. You know, a lot of times you go to places where coaches push kids on the field, and ours didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was happy for that because I wanted them well. And you know, even if it meant a game they missed. And but I, I I give the kid credit for you know he's he's a, he's a tough kid. And uh, it's I'm sorry to see that he isn't going to be able to play because I think you know I mean it just it, you know he was he was a big thing a big part of, of even though that we didn't win a lot of games and do that. He still was a big part of the program. Real big part. And what he was able to do was keep you in a lot of ball games, Coach. To the offensive right. line, what, what's, what's the next step for Nebraska's offensive line? I mean, 
what what are they working on here in winter and, and beyond? Because I think there's some some kids that have talent down there on on the line of scrimmage. Well, I think there is. A, you know, when you get big kids that are young, they can't move their feet. Like, I mean, you can watch it in basketball probably more than any place, really. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a big, tall kid. He's gangly. He's hanging around. You know, his feet don't move good. He can't do a lot of things. He doesn't jump good. He doesn't do things. And, and I think it's just a matter of getting more maturity um, because really to be a left tackle, say, for example, you really have to be athletic. And at this point, you can't say he's really athletic, but at this point also you can say that he's going to be a good player. You know, I mean, you can see what, you know, that he is going to be a good player. And, you know, you just hate to, hate to see that because, you know, you take a game like this, and if you were Iowa, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to come Hayaka. I mean, they're going to come after whoever the quarterback is. And, uh, you know, they're not going to just sit there and play back off and play they're gonna try to shake him up and get some sacks and you know really get him out of out of rhythm and uh, so it's gonna it's gonna take a monumental effort for um, for all the linemen this week let's talk about the defense you've had to go to manhattan kansas with a third team quarterback who's uh won a lot of state championships back in the day that's matt turman and boy, did your defense bring everything that day against uh, a really good K-State team. You also had to play uh, most of a season with a really uh, talented guy and uh, legend in Brooke Beringer when Tommy was out. What do you tell the defense in moments like that when it's a second or third team quarterback that's got to got to go out there and take the snaps? They knew it. They knew what they had to do. I mean, they knew that if the game was, you know, they had to be the they had to be the dominant factor on our side at the time. But again, uh, the thing that was that was a little bit, you know, eased up things a little bit was the fact that we had such a good running game. I mean, you know, we had some really good players that could run the football, and if we could keep that going, I think that was part of the plan is to keep it. You know, just get time off the clock and try to get first downs and get in the end zone eventually. But um, you know, as it ended up, you know, we we ended up going with the um, you know, Terminator, and he did a great job. And all the guys were behind him, you know, a hundred percent. And you know, and and as it ended, we won the game. But you know, it, it really made everybody feel good that he did did the kind of job that he did, and I think it really boosted his ego a lot because, you know, when you're a third team, you're just kind of hanging out, you know, assuming everybody is okay. But, you know, and, and his heart's in the right place, mm-hmm. That's and it still is. You know, he's quite a kid. Charlie McBride's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, whenever you have a backup quarterback starting this last game of the year against Iowa, a rivalry game, how much pressure do you think the defense is going to be feeling going into this game, knowing, well, the offense probably won't be as efficient as it has been in, in games past, so, so they know a lot of pressure is going to be riding on them? Well, I think, one, there's two things that are going to happen. One, the defense is going to know that they what they have to do to win. They, they know they're going to have to play maybe their best football game. And, and that can happen. The other thing is, is I think you might find a little bit of something come out of the offensive line that maybe you didn't expect. And, um, you know, that can happen because I, I got a little something that I didn't expect a little bit out of the offensive line against Wisconsin's defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably we did more, had more action against 
you know, Wisconsin than most teams did. Um, you know, as you go through the, through the year, as good as their defense was, and the players, they have some very good players. They got some age or older guys that are really special. I mean, and, uh, you know, some of them were getting knocked around a little bit. So, you know, I think, I think it's a, you know, it, it can be a, it, it can be a sound game if, if the quarterback can manage the game and, you know, get a few first downs throwing the ball or even running with the football that isn't, you know, keep it going. I think the defense will understand what they really have to do. Coach, last thought, and we want you to have a happy Thanksgiving. What uh, what are you feeling on Black Friday here? Do you think Nebraska can get it done? Yep, they can. They can get it done there at home, and they got people behind them. And, you know, I've always said the one thing is, is you got Thanksgiving going, so play for the ones that love you because mm-hmm. they, they'll never let you down. And, um so that that you know that's the thing I think that's important that these kids really, you know, think about playing for somebody and their family or do do something that that really, you know, is meaningful because a lot of them, you know, really deserve. They played a quite a, a lot of years and kind of had the rough time. Mm-hmm. So they need something good, and I you know, I think this will be it. Are you uh, cooking the turkey? Or are you going somewhere? I'm cooking a turkey I had for it was last year supposed to be and it's been frozen for a whole year so I'm going to check this baby out. <laughs> you going to deep fat fry it? Just Debbie and I are the only one. No, it's, it's going to have to go in the oven. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of a deep fat fryer with it. The thing weighs 25 pounds, so, and if two of us, I wonder if we can finish it. <laughs> Well, I'll, you that's that's the goal, that's the mission. See if you can hammer 25 pounds of turkey down in 2 days. <laughs> yeah. Well, we 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 were going to have more people last year and we ended up going somewhere and then uh, so we decided we'd just put it in there and try to save it and see what we could do and this year there's just the two of us so we're going to start cooking that baby on <laughs> it's going to be about Wednesday. So, hey, we'll it'll see. be good. Coach, happy uh, Thanksgiving. We'll check in with you Monday. Same to you and all the people back in Nebraska. Go keep after those kids and just just give them a little prayer for them, and they, they can get it done. Coach, appreciate you much. Take care. Okay. okay. Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. We'll dive into uh, Nebraska and Iowa Black Friday. Hail Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hail Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of HailVarsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. All right, open phones here uh, until we check in with Jay Moore at about 540-466-3776, 466-3776, 800 
825-5865. Next man up. You've had to feel that and deal with that if you're in Nebraska on the defensive line, on the offensive line, and running back and wide out. Now you have to do it at quarterback. And uh, here is Coach Frost on Harburg. Here is Coach Frost uh, specifically on uh, Smothers. Uh, they, uh, they're going to be next up. We'll see who wins out. It's probably going to be Smothers, but you could see some Harburg. Uh, Logan and, and Harburg are both uh, taking rep. We'll get them ready. Uh, they, they've both done some really good things uh, in practice. Logan's done some really good things in the game, and I, I got confidence in them. It's good to know that there's confidence. So I ask you, what's your confidence rating right now with Nebraska? And their uh, Black Friday showdown with Iowa. The line has swung completely. It is now Iowa by minus one and a half, about a five and a half, six point swing because that's what Adrian's worth. Running this offense, can Nebraska win the game without Adrian Martinez? There's been clamoring from time to time for Logan. There's been clamoring for a new quarterback. Uh, you may have seen the the last of Adrian on fourth and twenty from the twenty one. How apropos! Uh, and that that could be it when it comes to his career at, in Nebraska. He could hit the portal. We're talking six months after uh, shoulder surgery, uh, likely from a rehab, which means May. And uh, May is not spring. I mean, it is spring, but it's not spring ball. So if there's Giant changes to offense, or let alone the language you have to learn, and you go get a portal quarterback, or you like what you see in Smothers, or there's this Harburg factor, which we think he can be really good because he's a good kid and he's talented and he's smart. I mean, there's all these um, variables floating in the air here with, with Adrian. So I ask you, point blank, can Nebraska win without Adrian Martinez on Friday? My, my quick answer is yes, but it's going to take an incredible effort by the black shirts. It's going to take a, an insane effort by the black shirts. It's going to take an effort that is Michigan State-esque, and they did not bring to the party at Wisconsin. I want to say something, too, about Wisconsin and Nebraska and the tackling. And Travis Fisher uh, addressed it. Make, make the easy tackle. Nebraska didn't do that. They tried to make the knockout tackle a few times. And Iowa's crafty enough with their play action and their run game that they could just wear you out a little bit. Now, they're a mess at quarterback as well. Uh, and their run game and their offensive line has not been as spectacular as past years. And they're kind of a work in progress defensively, but it's that back seven that's spearheaded 26 takeaways, okay? And that's how Nebraska loses the game. That's how Nebraska has lost to Iowa, is special teams and takeaways. Well, one thing Adrian's been guilty of, and it's not all been his fault, but he takes the bar tab for it, is interceptions and fumbles, okay? Sometimes it's a strip. Sometimes it's him being careless throughout his career. And sometimes it's a defense making a play because they beat an offensive tackle. So we don't know about Smothers. We've seen limited reps, 7 for 11, throwing the ball, 13 rushes for 69 yards. Listen, I think Smothers can can get it done, but it's going to be 
the best, despite Iowa's offense, going to be the, the best defensive performance of the season for Nebraska. That's what it's going to have to take. And, and I think what this offensive game plan is going to look like is a lot like what Nebraska's game plan looked like with Luke McCaffrey at quarterback last year. You're going to be rolling him out outside the pocket, trying to get him some easy throws to get him some rhythm. Those, you know, those, uh, those over-under type concepts where you got one guy going 15 yards deep, one guy going f- five yards deep, and they're both uh, running the same way as the quarterback who's rolling out, and you just give him the option. You, you're trying to get a, a guy in his zone to have to make a decision. Do I, do I come up and fill up, or do I go back? And it, it kind of lets that quarterback get into rhythm, and that's what we saw a lot of with Luke McCaffrey last season. I think back to that Penn State game, mm-hmm. and, and I think we're going to have a, a similar-looking offense this year. I wonder how creative Frost is going to get. That, that's my question here. Is he going to see this as – uh, a time to be kind of flexible. It's audition time, brother. Th- th- it's that's, it's, that's it's my absolutely audition time if you're Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg, but don't don't let it be detrimental to the team. Mm. I, I'm interested in some of the decision making that we get from Logan. I'm interested in in the game plan uh, with leaning on the run game and finding a running back and sticking with it. I like what I saw from Scott against that Wisconsin defense. Let's see what Scott can do. And I'll do respect to Marquis Step. Uh, if it's pass protection and he's in, good. If it's him running the football, he just has no burst. Doesn't have any burst at all. He, he does finish runs like I like in Nebraska. No, he, he finish finishes runs. runs, but there's no burst. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, there's no escapism. There's no a, a ability to avoid. He's just kind of running into a car crash. And I know he's a big back, but I, I liked what I saw from Step. I like what I saw from Belt. And I think you could run those two. And, of course, Toure and Betts with some some uh, orbit option. And I think you can find both tight ends. How creative do you think Frost gets? Do you have a, a, an over-under on how many wildcat plays Scott Frost runs? Oh, man. That, that, no. that, that, that's my question here. Is this is this is this Logan Smothers audition time where hey, it's your offense. If you can't get it done, we'll bring in Harburg. But for the most part, it's going to be your offense. Or is Scott Frost going to say, "Well, our, our leader is down here, so let's just find a way to win this game. Let's start getting creative with the offense." That's no, you, my question. You, you owe it to you owe it to the kids to just go try and win it. Okay, in the same sense, it can still be audition time for for Logan. But you, I think you tailor the game plan to, to what you've seen him do well and what you think he can do well. So I think it'd be interesting to see something like Xavier Betts getting some snaps in at Wildcat, run some no read option. No desire to see that. No at desire all. to see that whatsoever. No running, running between Xavier Betts running between the tackles. No, give me like the Wildcat and have him run a, a read option type play. Just, just keep it simple, man. And you've already got your running quarterback. That's fair. In in Smothers. That's fair. Just let him do that and. You know what? Maybe you hit some of these crossing routes that your other buddies missed because there there were open throws uh, that that haven't been completed, and it'll be interesting to see too where where the protection is and is not because Iowa's good, but they're not like kind of vintage crazy man off the edge. Iowa Van Valkenburg is still really good, but he's not AJ Epinesa. No. But he's kind of their their version. Mm-hmm. Where does he stack up to what Wisconsin was throwing at Nebraska? Where does where does it stack up to to Mafe at Minnesota? Where does it stack up to the Greek freak from Carloftis, Purdue? Yeah, and then the two badasses from Michigan and Hutchinson and uh, uh, Kajabo. Uh, so 
both those guys are going to have fun trying to make millions or more millions against Ohio State this Saturday. So, no, I think Nebraska can absolutely win. Can Nebraska win without Adrian Martinez? Yeah, they've lost with him playing at a high level. They've lost with him playing not his best football. So you get a chance to see against the rival here what it's all about. Let's hear about the rivalry from Eric Chenander. Uh, defensive coordinator nailed it today, and uh, he's sounding more and more like a head coach, uh, hopefully later rather than sooner if you're a Nebraska fan. You know, I was done a really good job, and uh, I've run the football, and they, they marry up their play-action passes really well with their run scheme. Just like Wisconsin, I think they're an ascending ascending group on offense. Um, obviously, it's going to we got to tackle better. Uh, that's no secret. I, I thought uh, probably last last game we did not tackle well as a group. Thought we attacked some run fits probably a little too little too uh, fast, and, and that's on me. I had those guys wired up to, to really go hit those run fits and try to make that thing real small. As you, everybody watched the football game, some of those runs got bounced around a little bit in the in the backfield and popped loose on us, which was very unfortunate. But I think some of that's that's definitely on me, not on the kids. Uh, but you know, when we're playing a game like this, obviously the guys up front got to do a really good job. They got to take this game over for us, and then I think as a as a group, we, we, we got to tackle. Uh, tackle the ball carry better. We got to leverage the ball better, and we got to do a better job of getting the guy on the ground. So that was Chins on on some of the the shortcomings against Wisconsin. Listen, uh, Coach McBride alluded to it with some of the holding. I retweeted just an awful, awful missed hold on Henrich. We're talking bear hug from behind. We're talking full Nelson from behind, and then that was the 53-yard burst by Allen that he popped for the go-ahead 35-28 touchdown. Horrible. Just brutal. I mean, holding happens, but this was... (laughs) This was assault, brother. I mean, it was horrible. (laughs) You can't come up and hug for... Did you ever hold and hug from behind? No, because it would get called. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then did you ever like put your arms up under someone's armpit, like in in the in the wash at the line of scrimmage, where there's like a lot of three hundred pound dudes all kind of mixed together? But I, I feel like Wisconsin gets the benefit of the doubt with some of those things. They were why you couldn't miss this because Henrich is right there. He's trying to move to his left, and then he's engulfed by someone that's grabby brutal so rivalry though important to, to coach chins the, the black shirts and the six-year guys they want to send uh, it out the right way yeah this this rivalry um i think it means everything um i know our guys want to win they want to win a game in the last stretch here but they want to win this one this game's got a trophy involved anytime there's a trophy involved it's a special this is a special football game um obviously for me growing up in that state there's a lot of people that i know um they're going to be cheering for iowa which is you know obviously adds a little uh, fuel to the fire um there's going to be a lot of people i know in that state they're going to be cheering for nebraska and i know that they're wearing black shirts gear to the game and or to the bar or wherever they're watching the game and they're going to take a lot of heat and I know they're doing that for me and, and for the Huskers so that means a lot um, but this this football game um, this is one that I think is you know kind of earmarked on on everyone's calendar all year just because 
this is this is the battle for the border right here, and, and we we have to we have to start winning some of these games before you can take the next step in, in the in the program's um, rise, if you will. And I, I think these these games are big in recruiting. These games are, are big for the team, and this you know a win in this kind of kind of game can set you up for where you want to go next year. It can set you up a little bit as we go off recruiting. So I think this, this game is super important, not only about the rivalry, but also just the, the, uh, you know, just the aftermath that a win could, could mean to the program. Jay Moore's next on Hale Varsity. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it is Nebraska-Iowa week. We welcome in Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. Standout uh, Husker and, of course, Big Red wrap-up. Jay Bird, you gearing up for Turkey Day? How are you? Oh, yeah, gearing up. Currently got done working out, sitting in the sauna here. Taking care, taking care of this weekend's festivities and then uh, getting out of me and then, let's be honest, getting ready for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So got to take care of the body. Do you just give the steely-eyed look towards the clown in the sauna that doesn't wear a towel? I mean, is there a threat of violence? <laughs> Let's be honest. If there's a, if there's, if there's a guy that's uh, coming in, he has he's literally in his birthday suit. I'm out. <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, what are you doing? Put a towel on. Like, what is this supposed to be like a Russian bathhouse? I don't know. I mean, this is this is Tur- not how it's supposed to go down. Turkish prison. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just you yeah, can't yeah. you can't do it. Wear the towel. Nebraska right. not waving the white towel. What an effort against Wisconsin. Ground yardage notwithstanding. What did you think of Madtown? I didn't think it was going to be that high of scoring. I thought it was going to be fairly low scoring, but I thought the game was going to be close. I thought Nebraska, I kind of underestimated. Allen's obviously a really good running back, but not having JoJo out there in the defense, I think that caused some issues with them obviously being all the gas rush and him Allen going for over two bills. So that was a little surprising, to be honest. You know, they really didn't throw the ball. I mean, it was just a little play action, you know, dink and dump here and there. They maybe took a couple shots for what I can remember. But Nebraska's offense has had the number here for the last uh, – for the last couple of years against Wisconsin. So not surprised they're able to move the ball and, and get some things going. And, and uh, if things could have been a, a little better. Obviously, the O-line protection was had their issues. And, you know, Corcoran had, had some rough, had a little bit of a, a rough few snaps. Overall, it was it was solid. I'm not surprised by the close outcome. It would be really interesting to see if we could have got that call there at the end of the game there, obviously, where – he did get there a full step early. I don't know how you, how you missed that, but effort was good. Execution can be better at times. It's just another one-score game. That I, I felt like this game was going to be it was going to be a close one, and, and, it, and it was. Jay, the no call. I mean, it just seems like Nebraska's on the wrong end of calls. Do you think that's a coincidence, or is it just the byproduct of a 
of a three and eight football team? That's a little bit. It's a little bit of a byproduct. When you lose a lot of close games, man, it, you, it, it's always been a play here or a call there. You can always look back and say, man, that was uh, that was the game, right? Well, you look back at some of our bigger, well, you only have three wins, but, you know, it's Western and, mm-hmm. and Fordham and, and Buffalo, man. You know, you have, you, you can't really pick out a, a play because of the game was well with your hand, but these close games come, whether it's a made field goal or I forgot they returned the opening kickoff for seven. I mean, again, against Wisconsin. So those type of plays, when you're not executing and you're not winning the close games, they're always going to come down to a player or two, and I think it's more coincidental, but I mean, you have to make that call. I know sometimes the, the referees are kind of told to swallow your whistle a little bit. I think they're going to swallow their whistle when it's, it's so late in the game and it's a fourth down play, but that was, he got there so early and he had a guy right there. So I don't, I don't know exactly what they were, what they were seeing, but that just happens, man. Those, those, those plays, those plays just become more monumental close games and I mean, hell, all of our games this year have been close. Jay Moore's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, talking Nebraska football. Now, Jay, uh, wanted to get your take on, on Nebraska coming off of a bye week. They didn't tackle at all against Minnesota in the first half. Nebraska tackling poorly against a, a good back and good offensive line this last Saturday. Is that something that you're surprised by, or has it come down to what you don't do during the bye week? Do you think Nebraska's yeah. live enough during – the bye week because they've been really rusty defensively when it comes to contact. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Kind of forgot they're coming off a, a bye week. They haven't performed well off a of bye weeks under under Frost. I don't think they've won after a bye week since since he's been here. Listen, Allen's really good. Yeah, there was a couple times they should have got him, but like Cam Taylor Brig coming up and trying to throw a shoulder in there. That's just, that just doesn't work. Even on the opening kickoff, we had a guy run down there fast and he was trying to make a play, but at this level, you just can't just throw a shoulder into a guy and and hope you're going to knock them down. It might happen in high school, but this is this is big time Division One football. And then you got to bring your your feet and your shoulder, and you got to wrap up as best as possible. So it was spotty, and it was it was dodgy. But we were playing against good offensive lines and, and good playing issues. And I, I'm pretty sure Allen has. You know, we're not the only team that has, has struggled to, to tackle that true freshman who's only what 17 years old. I think he'll continue to gash the rest of the competition that he faces in his in his career at Wisconsin. But I, I think just think in, in general. Nebraska hasn't played well coming up a bye week, so that's that's something to be concerned about. Offense was really in rhythm. They ran just well enough, and Adrian was on point despite some of the uh, the hurries. Now he wasn't sacked, but the holding calls reared their ugly head. Jay Moore's with us. Jay, let's fast forward to Black Friday. What happens? Does this losing streak end? Does the streak against Iowa? come to an end or is it more heartache against the Hawkeyes? You watch Iowa play and their offense is not that good but again sometimes when we play against teams that you know don't have the you know, the best offenses we make them look a little better than what they need to be. I think Iowa has lived and died off the turnovers this year so you know if Nebraska can take care of the football and, and not turn it over just like you just like in any game, and you know, I think Nebraska was was minus two against Wisconsin. That's just tough to do to win, win on the road, but yet some credit to them to keep it that close. We are minus two, so I think it's going to be another close one. I think they're going to play well. You know, it's the last one. We got nothing to lose. You are coming off a, off a short week. Both teams are coming off a short week. You know, Illinois or Iowa just played Illinois and got a win, but I don't see that being an issue with Nebraska. I think they'll play tough. They'll have a lot of effort. This is the last game of the year, right? You don't have anything else after this. All the time in the world to uh, take care of your body and do whatever you need to do. So I, I think they're going to come out and, and play well. I just, for some reason, it's hard to say that they're, they're going to win just because we haven't we haven't seen it. Maybe maybe once, one in the year on a, on a high note in a one-score game and 
and get it get it done. But it sure helped my you know my mental stability after uh, <laughs> and just in looking into looking into next year. It's again we're, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a close one. It's going to come down to the kicking game, special teams, and the turnover game. And and uh, you know that has not played well for Nebraska this year. Thanksgiving question: What piece of the Thanksgiving Day spread is Nebraska football? Is Nebraska football the turkey? Is it the cranberry, the stuffing, pecan pie? What 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 would you equate Nebraska football to this season? Man, that's a good question. That is hard. I I think I'm going to say because I think Nebraska. You know, even they are three and eight. Like, let's be honest, they are a better three and eight. You know, I want to say the best three and eight football team in, in the country. <laughs> you you but, can. You know, you could. So I would say they are, you know, you know, supremely underrated and undervalued at this time. So to me, that's going to be the cranberry sauce, right? Ah, because okay. I think, because I'm a big cranberry sauce guy, like you got to have it with the mashed potato stuffing and the gravy all over it. And like in one bite, I think some people don't like it, but it's like, but they've never tried it. And they look, they think that's kind of weird. So I think I'm going to say they're the cranberry sauce. Cause I think that's very, that's very, very undervalued. Amongst the, uh, amongst the spread of a Thanksgiving dinner. Well, there we go. Jaybird says cranberry. Brother, enjoy the steam, enjoy the turkey, and we'll see you Friday, bud. All right, sounds good. Thanks, buddy. We'll dive into a steak and a beer bet uh, coming up. NFL Monday Night Football, Giants, Tampa, Jay Moore, and steam room etiquette. Elijah Herbal, you uh, have something to say? I consider steam rooms, it's like that old adage of uh, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one here to hear it, it, it it's, it's, the, it's the same way in a steam room. If you're naked in a steam room and there's no one there to see it, were you ever really naked in the steam room? You can be naked, but you're okay, but you'll cut. It's if, there, if there's someone else in the steam room, I'll throw that towel on, but if I'm solo in there, <laughs> I'm going comfort, man. Uh, we'll wind down on Monday. <laughs> Tale of City presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Monday. Tomorrow, Mitch Sherman going to be with his st- Scott Docterman of the Iowa Athletic. He covers Iowa anyway, the Athletic. So excited there. Rick Kaczynski, heated time on the uh, Iowa sideline and Nebraska sideline. We'll get his take for Black Friday. Another Tuesday with Kaz on Hale Varsity. Wednesday, we are locked in at the Single Barrel Roadshow Pre-Turkey Day festivities and fun four to six come see us inside the graduate at the single barrel some amazing uh, drink specials they're all special there 
250 whiskeys. Yes, please. Take the father-in-law out or just escape the father-in-law. Period. And then Friday, the bar, the bar. Black Friday Roadshow from 9 to 11, 16th and P to go see uh, sit in and, and get primed up with Seth and Gregors, the folks, great folks at the bar, and uh, Lazari's. So at the bar, 9 to 11 pregame Friday, myself and Elijah Herbal. And then uh, postgame, real red reaction. Think Meg's going to lock in and Hooksy will pop by. And, and uh, Elijah Herbal may stumble by to say what's up. Oh, there's a high likelihood I'll, I'll stumble. I'll stumble. So you in. are you're uh, you're on the doorstep of graduation. Yes, I am. And uh, this is your last hurrah. My last your last Nebraska football last game. home Husker game as a student. As a student, yeah. Good for you. And you're still working in the morning. I'm damn proud of you. So you're like about that? Uh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll step up to the plate. But if we're at the bar, the bar afterwards, and then oh, I'm stopping I, in. I am taking care of you all night. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking care of you all you night. You taking care of my friends, too? No. <laughs> I just need to see what your friends look like. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, well, you, you don't have, it's just a group of dudes you're bringing in? Or? Yeah, just a group of dudes. Okay. That's what I was wondering. Just, just, just dudes. Just guys being dudes. Okay, fine. Uh, yes, I've got my snout on, what I asked. <laughs> you got to see what they look like. What I mean by that is, Elijah, you're, you're, a, you're a nice dude, and I'm sure you have some, some lovely friends as well. A, a cohort of, uh, of lady friends is what you're referring to? I'm just wondering, you've played co-ed softball. Uh-huh. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, How's this Bruce Pickens backpedal going? I, I personally... <laughs> uh, on, on Husker game day, my, my attention is focused solely on the Huskers. My, my attention will not be uh, distracted by any uh, any dealings with women's on a Husker football game day. Hey, I listen, I had the best time. So we're watching the Crawford fight. Yep. And we get it. And this is this is the, the what you're waiting for here. Joe Tess. And another combination. We had husbands and wives yelling at one another, help me out. We have a direct TV family trying to get an ESPN Plus account to go through. <laughs> and right up until Crawford got in the ring, we were hoping to order the fight. My wife's like, so why is this Crawford guy so good? And then she's like, oh, you know, about round five or six when Bud had it figured out. It was fun to watch the fight with my wife and a bunch of friends. It was a tough fight for Bud, but he got it done. No, it was, pound it was pound greatest in the world. Incredible. All right, talk to you tomorrow at four. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.